Hello, this is the office of Denny Taylor, LPC. How can I help you? Hi, uh, my name's Greg. I was wondering what the going rate for your deluxe therapy package is right now. Uh, my deluxe therapy package? Well, first of all, do you have any therapy rewards points? I'm sorry, I'm not a member right now. Oh, okay. Um, do you want to become a member? Uh, sure, as, as long as we can uh, work out a deal for the deluxe therapy package. Yeah, yeah, I'll just need your phone number, credit card information, and mother's maiden name, and you can start earning those reward points right away, buddy. <laughs> Sounds excellent to me. Uh, okay. Once I get all that to you, um, is this going to cost me like a whole lot of money? Well, you're interested in the deluxe therapy package, yes? Yes, I am. That provides you with one therapy a week and 10 minutes of note-taking uh, in between sessions. That hmm. is going to run you, let's see, at this South Lake practice. Uh, like you got other options. How about uh, 200 a therapy? 200 clams. 200 clams per therapy. Oh, boy. That might be out of my price range. Uh, my only source of income is stuff I find in people's couch cushions when I break into their houses. Is there some sort of a uh, bargain deal that I can do? Maybe get a discounted form of therapy? Oh, yes, I have just the perfect thing. Um, you may be interested in our economy package for therapy. Um, now, this is more for people who can't afford actual therapy because, let's be honest, mental health is a privilege. So, this is what I want you to do. Okay. I want you to take all those coins you got out of those people's couch cushions and walk up to the change dispenser on your smart TV uh, at the Amazon Prime slot. Mm-hmm. Put all those coins in there until you get to three ninety nine and just watch this movie instead of coming to therapy and go fuck yourself. Sounds great. Now was this phone call covered by my insurance? Just kidding. Oh. I don't have insurance. <laughs> then this phone call is a hundred dollars. Okay, bye. Alright. And um. that's how you monetize mental illness. We're learning lots today, folks. Welcome back to Movies for Win, where you learn how to exploit the field of mental health. <laughs> um, I've yeah. said it before, and I'll say it again. If you're looking for a therapist and they want more than 150 an hour, they're a mark for themselves. Don't go to them. Sounds like they need therapy. And we yeah. need movies. If you can't yes. afford therapy... Which is our theme. It's a new theme that the audience voted on. Thank you all for picking the new theme. Sorry to the robot category, but uh, I guess a lot of people can't afford therapy these days. So we're going to give them some movies to watch. because they, they uh... spent all their money on robots. I <laughs> uh, invested in Boston Dynamics and blew my entire savings. Uh, <laughs> sucks to suck. So, yeah, we're going to be covering movies... Uh, films that you can watch in lieu of going to therapy. Uh, Denny, this is a theme that was your idea. Is that pretty much? Um, does that pretty much cover what you were going for? Is there? 
Absolutely, because there was a period in my life when I desperately needed therapy but couldn't afford it, and I think movies are the only thing that got me through it. So that was uh, that was the intent and the theme. Okay, harkens back to a dark time in your life, I guess. That's boy does it. <laughs> boy does it. All right. Well, um, I'm joining Denny on this journey. We're going to start with Denny's pick. Denny's selected a movie for his own theme. It is, excuse me, Captain Fantastic. That's the movie we're going to be talking about today. Um, but first, before we get into other things, I would like to issue an apology. Uh, during our Grenny Awards last week, uh, Taylor Swift was the winner for Worst Character. Uh, that was a nomination that I put in there. I realized after the episode launched that I had completely forgotten that James Corden was actually also in Cats. So, although Taylor won in a landslide, I believe the uh, award was not awarded correctly. And I only have myself to blame, so apologies to everyone but James Corden. Even Taylor? Um, well, she was just there for a paycheck, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Good for James her. Corden thought he was making art. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, and that's the real difference. Um, speaking of making art, this is a bad transition. Denny, besides Captain Fantastic, what else did you watch this week? Um, not a ton, really. Um, well, it's because I finished watching White Lotus uh, season two, and that took up most of my uh, most of my media time. Because it's an hour-long drama, um, man. It was it was a really good season. I am I am all about White Lotus. Um, this season uh, was even darker than the first season, uh, and I don't know why I enjoy that. Um, there's like this sincerity mixed in with the darkness. Um, it's this kind of tone of like the world's kind of fucked up, but we can live in it. You know, like it, mm. it, it's not, I don't know if I want to say inspiring as much as it is depressingly comforting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't not, know, but it's not selling you on a fake reality. It's letting you know what reality is and letting you know it's universal and it's okay to live. Yes, absolutely. I, but I want the false reality sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I, I have lived in that false reality in my mind for most of my life, Greg. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, both seasons of White Lotus are a lot of fun. Very well written. Very well acted. Very well shot. Um, huge fan of the show. And uh, the only other thing I watched, because I've been playing some Pokemon Violet in my free time as well, um, <clears throat> last night, Vanessa and I rewatched uh, The Menu on HBO Max. Nice. And, you know, we've already shared our thoughts on The Menu before. Greg and I are both very big fans of it. Um, it's not a recency bias thing. It played just as well on a rewatch, if not a little better, because there were a few hints that you wouldn't have picked up. Um, made me appreciate the uh, very sleight-of-hand screenplay we had. Um, they they set it up well and they earned it. I'm I'm so about that movie. Like one of the best of 2022. It's great. It's like we talk about all the good movies that came out last year, and then you're just like, you know what? Also the menu. Like all the you talk about like all the serious dramas, all like the you know 
great horror and all that and you're like what about this really funny like dark humor kind of yeah food, yeah. food movie like oh it was also like top five or whatever yeah absolutely it's cool it rocks um well if that's all you've got yes sir what us, do you got uh speaking of shows on hbo max the last of us started last week and damn we're off to a great start boys uh so far so good um i'm really excited to see where it goes i think i mentioned it last week like i i played the games quite a bit the first one i i beat like several times the show is doing an excellent job at um retelling that story reimagining it it's very true to the game true to the source material and uh, i think his name is jack one of the guys that frequently is on red letter media uh, he posted something on Twitter that had me thinking. He he was basically saying, like, The Last of Us is really good, and he doesn't want to take away from, like, any of the quality or whatever, but, like, video games are already, like, cinematic, narrative-driven pieces of media. They're just interactive. So he's kind of questioning the point of even adapting a narrative-based <clears throat> uh, video game into a, you know, movie or television show. Yeah, and I gotta say that makes a lot of sense. Like, I don't really know why I need the thing I played through and like viewed in a cinematic way to also be done by somebody else in a cinematic way. Like, it seems yeah. a little redundant. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's a really cool show. Pedro Pascal is awesome. Um, duh, duh. We all knew that. And uh, Ramsey, what's her name? Bella Ramsey playing Ellie. I think her name is Bella Ramsey. Shoot. Uh, she's Gordon. excellent as well. I, I really love the casting. Thumbs up all around. Uh, I'm sure Tyler and I will talk about it when it's all said and done. Um, movies I watched. Uh, Netflix original Noah Baumbach movie. I watched White Noise. Ooh, I've been wondering how that is. It's okay. Um, it really just... It might have just been really not my thing. Basically, everything I'm seeing online is people are like, a lot of it's good. It's just like, I don't feel like I'm really interested in it. I just, I felt like I really wasn't interested in the story at all. Uh, Greta Gerwig and Adam Driver, like, absolutely crush it in that movie. Um, and the, the closing scene of the movie, I think, is absolutely a Denny scene. It feels like fan service oh, to you. Cool. It's, it's really okay. good. Um I think it's worth watching. I just really wasn't all that interested in it. But it's probably for some people that aren't me. Apparently it's an adaptation of a really cool book. But a book that was written in the 80s and it's kind of um, commentary or satire of 80s stuff. It just kind of feels a little outdated or like this isn't really relevant right now. So that's kind of what I've been yeah, reading. I heard it. It really roasts the yuppies. Yeah, I was like, okay, I don't... <laughs> uh, the only other movie I watched was one I th thought I had watched before, but I hadn't. Um, the Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, which is a lot of words Ooh. for one movie. Uh, killer cast. Uh, it's a pretty solid movie. I liked it. It's one of the many like 2007 dramas that came out that were just yeah. like absolute bangers so it, it was cool i really liked it um might be a, like a a good while before i watch it again but i'm glad i finally saw it 
Is that Coen Brothers? Why am I thinking that? No, that it came out the same year as No Country for Old Ben. Oh, they were busy. It's, okay. It's a uh, Brad Pitt and um, Casey Affleck. Jeremy Renner's in there for a while. Like it's, it's because it's a western, basically. <laughs> maybe yeah. That's probably maybe that's why. why. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, to simplify it, it's because six shooters and shit. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so that's all I've been watching. Are we ready to get into our first movie of season three of Movies for Win? Yeah, I'm ready, man. Uh, also, shout out to Joseph Kainrad for the rad season three thumbnail graphics. Uh, they get better and better every year. What a cool guy. Hell yeah. Thanks to him again. And yeah, it was something I forgot to mention up top is this is now season three. After the Granny Awards, we start a new season of Movies for Win. So welcome, everybody. Up first, we have Captain Fantastic from 2016. Uh, if you have Amazon Prime, you can watch it there. You don't have to rent it or buy it or anything. It's just there for you to watch if you've got Amazon Prime. How rare is that? A movie you want to watch and it's just there. Take advantage hmm. of that. Um, more on that at the end of the show when we talk about next week because we've got an issue on our hands. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right. Uh Denny, you want to summarize Captain Fantastic for us? This was your pick for this week's theme, or this yes, this series, I guess. Yes. Um. Let's see. So Viggo Mortensen, what's his name in the movie? Ben. 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 Yeah. Um. He is raising his kids in this anarcho-communist uh, commune in the woods and teaching them how to be physically fit. Teaching them all about um. Uh, learned and wise ideologies um, and they're just living off the land completely off the grid um, and unfortunately his wife has bipolar disorder and kills herself and now they've got to get to her funeral and rejoin the world and they get confronted with how fucked up what they are doing is um, as they are out there in the world um, and they come to terms with a lot of family roles, family drama, and ultimately uh, overcome the odds of the man in corporate America and all that conformity and flush their mom's ashes down a toilet. Um, so, yeah, Captain Fantastic synopsized. Very nice. Nice and concise. Good summary. A bunch of hippies in the Oregon woods or whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um... I'll get into my relationship with this movie since it's going to be a very short segment. <laughs> um, I I knew Viggo Mortensen's Viggo Mortensen's dick was in it. Yes, and that's all I knew. Show. You suggested the movie. I'm like, oh, that's the one where we see his wiener. Why do I know that? I didn't see it. <laughs> I don't know anything <laughs> about the movie. <laughs> It's a very confusing moment to just be like, why do I know that? When when did I learn this? <laughs> I've never seen a second of this film. Why do I know that <laughs> that's out there? I mean, I I saw it already in Eastern Promises. Like I didn't realize I was getting a double dose of Figo Hog. So <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Figo <laughs> broke me. <laughs> As well it should. <laughs> So that's your relationship with the movie? That's my relationship. Double dose of Viggo Hog? <laughs> yeah, never saw it before um, until just the other day. So, how about you? 
Um, this was on uh, Vanessa and I's uh, movie list the first year when we did it. I honestly can't remember how we heard about it because I just went into it cold. And as we were watching through it, I was like, this is really good. But if it's going to like stay that good, more people would be talking about it. Right? Like I would have mm-hmm. heard about it by now. And then we just thought it stayed that good. Um, it was one of our favorites from that year. Um, and I, I will say this, though. I've seen it four or five times now. I am liking it less every time I watch it, including this time. Okay, um, interesting. I think I probably was like 27 or 28 and like coming to terms with like the fallout of... 2016's political landscape and questioning things I'd grown up believing and going against a lot of norms and also had a 20-something spirit of the world's unjust and I must do something about it. Um, Mm -hmm. I think there was something super validating to me about this movie. Just like seeing people quoting Noam Chomsky, who I'm like really into at that time. Right? Like to, to see all this like all this anti-conservative protestant rich people shit you know i was very mad at those people when i first saw this um and so i think i was really in love with it and now as i'm cooling off and calming down i'm like "Mm, some of the stuff is uh pretty try hard (laughs) you know (laughs) (laughs) like a little bit cringe at times um there's still an emotional thread that really appeals to me, but uh, I used to be over the fucking moon about this movie, and now I'm like, I like it mostly because it's a significant movie to me and Vanessa. We both really liked it and watched it together a lot. Yeah, I was about to say, it sounds like you kind of fleshed out why you picked it for this theme. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I'll... I'll say I, I I knew you really liked this movie, so I felt a little bit bad about how I was going to be talking about it. Nah, Teaser. I, I think but, I've grown. <laughs> but yeah, it's good to hear you say that. I don't think I'm... I'm not as low on it as I just made it sound, but and I'm definitely not as low on it as Will Reno. Would you like to hear his Critiker review for this movie? Yes. <laughs> All right, the Reno review for this week. It's rare we get such a good opportunity. The Reno review is, wow, everyone I stopped talking to from college are now in a film together. Fantastic. (laughs) One out of 40. (laughs) So, not a fan. (laughs) One out of 40. That's the same place we have cats, folks. That's a (laughs) a low mark. It's a low bar. Will gives the Gumby movie like a 38 out of 40. <laughs> right. Because it's, it's a religious a text. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even there and I know that. <laughs> yeah, true, true. It's a religious text, very spiritual. We do uh, technically worship Gumby on this show. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but I, I think I... <laughs> I was very much the kid in Rick and Morty when, like, Morty raises a Gazorpazorpian kid. And when he enters his teenage years, he just, like, runs down the streets screaming, like, uh, 
God's not real. Thanksgiving's about slaughtering natives. Um, the government's not trustworthy. That's that's very much the phase I was in at that time. Um, yeah, and if you're entering your teenage years, don't DM the voice actor of Morty. Ho 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 ho. True. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, man. It was right there for me. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, how 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 are you feeling about <laughs> uh, are, are you surprised that I'm kind of mid on it and that Will's super low on it? Uh I'm I'm not actually. I'm not cuz I this this watch I think I've just matured since I last watched it. Um some of it was hard to get through. Um for me as someone who chose it, I was like ah. I don't know that I would have picked this movie if if I knew I was going to react like this. So, <laughs> um, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Yeah. Tell me about uh, being mid on it. Um, my first note here is just intrusive score is intrusive. Uh, there are a lot mm-hmm. of moments. Some of the moments where like I thought the music really elevated certain scenes and certain emotions, and there was other times where it just felt really loud. I didn't really like that. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know, just trying to endear us to this family that I'm I'm just not connecting with. It just comes off a little smug sometimes. Like, I'm just mm-hmm. not really on their side. And I don't know. I'll, I'll get more into it as we kind of, like, go through the movie. But it just doesn't really feel like I'm supposed to be emotionally connecting to these to these people or like the way they live or like be yeah yeah i'm supposed to like root for them and i'm just like it seems like everything you're doing as a dad is kind of wrong in some ways like i get your logic and i get what you want out of this but i'm not really like agreeing with you at any point here and um yeah i I will say viggo mortensen and pretty much all of the kids too performances across the board were really fantastic i really liked yeah i really liked everybody in it so didn't have a complaint about them i just i don't know i wasn't on their team yeah yeah no and that's like i think that's the biggest thing that changed for me on this watch is like because i i I initially thought it was cool because when i watched this movie i thought that like the first time i watched this movie i was like ooh. He thinks he's doing so much better than the wacko homeschool Christian people. Um, But really, he's doing the exact thing he claims to hate so much. Um, And we as an audience didn't really realize that because he was endeared to us. Um, And I kind of had to see him really fail uh, to, to get that point. And this movie, like watching it through this time, I was like, yeah, he's like an abusive shithead of a father and like an impossible person and a total fascist. Like it's just like the whole time it never seems like what he is doing is good and for some reason it used to seem that way. You were uh wise enough to to catch it on a first try, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I watched it late enough in life, I guess. Um yeah. I'll get into one scene that feels like kind of a microcosm of how I feel about the whole movie. And that's uh, the scene where they barge into the funeral. Yeah. I don't like that scene <laughs> at all, really. <laughs> um, it's it's kind of 
the way that scene plays out and the way my emotions like go along with that scene are kind of um explain or like it's identical to how i feel about the movie as a whole and like my emotional journey watching it uh mm -hmm. funeral crashing scenes in movies are like nails on a chalkboard to me so already there's a strike showing up late we're wearing loud colorful outfits and i'm just like okay this is your mom let's show a little respect i guess like i sound like an yeah. old person just like show some respect for the dead though but you know then he then ben gets up and starts eulogizing and i'm just like i'm cringing the whole time i'm just like i'm not on your side like i don't think what you're doing is right at all and then like the stuff he says and like uh, the way the scene plays out like him getting dragged out and I'm realizing like he's right and like I'm kind of on his side and I agree with what he's saying I don't like how he handled it and even though I did wind up on his side and again this is in the scene and also just like the whole movie it took me way too long to get on his side about things by the time I yeah. get on his side, I've already like emotionally disconnected from the first three quarters of what I've just been watching, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of my summary of the whole movie is just like I'm, I'm pretty annoyed with them, and I see a lot of wrong in how they're doing things. Uh, by the end, I do you know wind up not agreeing, but like at least being like emotionally like, okay, like I hope you guys are successful. I hope things work out for you guys. Like I'm on your side and I think a lot of what you're saying and your motivations are correct and just, but it's too late. Like I'm already not, <laughs> I'm already not your friend. <laughs> yeah. 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 I can't really argue with any of that. And I think I have positive feelings towards this movie based on nostalgia honestly <laughs> you know like um everything you're saying checks out I, I just i used to be edgier i don't know what to tell you i used to you lost your edge I man to, i lost my edge i used to think it was cool to have a noam chomsky day or cool <laughs> to rob a grocery store with your kids uh yeah exactly like i I thought that was badass when I saw it, and now I'm like, oh my god, freshman year of philosophy class. Like, <laughs> uh, this this script has 22 year old wrote it energy. Yeah, and I I don't know anything about who wrote it. Um, it was the director. He wrote and directed it. I just I just um forgot to look up anything about him so i'm not familiar with the other work of his but i think he directed a good movie i think visually it looks pretty good it's just fine oh, sure. like he got a lot out of all of his actors i thought it was well done i just think story was maybe a little misguided at times so yeah and i think it's like the movie thinks it's so much deeper than it is and it thinks it's more of like an indie-tastic drama than it is yeah okay and so sometimes uh, it just didn't sit right with me the amount of uh what's the word i'm looking for the amount of 
sorry, you just had a realization and I got to know what it is. Yeah. Um, the director, have you seen Silicon Valley? The show? Uh, a little bit. You Season know, one. like the CEO and founder of like that Google adjacent company. Uh, the guy with the incubator, TJ Miller. No, like, no, the main boss of like Google, basically like where they all work. It's been a while. I don't think I'm going to remember. Okay, he's he's the director. Uh, you'll you'll recognize oh. him. <laughs> well, that's kind of cool. He can direct. He can direct. Uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry to sorry to derail you like that. You're good. I was I was derailing myself. Um, <laughs> I was. Uh, I don't even remember what I was talking about. Honestly. <laughs> uh, sad to say, same here. My bad. Let's just move on. Fuck it. Oh, he was in American Psycho. <laughs> he was one of the yuppie dudes in American Psycho, also. Uh, he's in a bunch of shit. Anyways, enough of his IMDb page. Let's uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's keep moving on here. Um, what did you think of the Han and Zahn pairing? <laughs> oh, yeah. I had to... Uh, I had to quickly Google some things to make sure I was remembering things right. <laughs> I, Do you think they got cast because their last names rhymed? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, must be. I wonder if Agatha had something to do with this. Maybe it was her all along. All along. All along. <laughs> but yeah, I had to do like a double take of just like, wait, I know his last name's not. Wait, Catherine's not. Oh, Han. Okay, my bad. Intentionally confusing casting. Yeah, they got seriously. <laughs> what was that about? <laughs> I thought they worked well together, so that's no, fine. No, they were great, yeah. They were fantastic. But it feels a little... Uh, you got me, Matt. I just couldn't believe they did that. Like, <laughs> had them play a married couple. I liked their kids. They just seemed like regular old shitty 13-year-olds. I was, I was endeared I to those them. kids pretty quick, even though they were dicks. But... <laughs> I, I was those kids. <laughs> that was me. If I show them my wrestling toys, can I play Xbox? Yeah, okay. One game. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep, that was me. Maybe that's why you connected to this so well. Because you were in the movie. Sort of. <laughs> it was the part of me I hate, so. <laughs> you know who else was in the movie? Fucking Starlight from uh, yeah, The Boys. Aaron Moriarty. I... I was. I did not realize that. Yeah, I. I was looking at. It, I was like, "Is that?" I. I. She had way different hair, of course. I was like, "Is that one of the Mara yeah, sisters?" Yeah. Like I thought it was like Kate yeah. Mara or something. And I was like, "Oh, fuck, it's Starlight." Oh, okay, my bad. I did love her getting uh, proposed to <laughs> after <laughs> kissing our our buddy from 1917 for like 10 seconds. That was that was a fun scene and. Uh, yeah, it was. While we're on casting in that scene, Bo, who did the proposing, how is he not a Culkin? <laughs> Dude. Like, I had to, like, triple check on IMDb to make sure this kid wasn't part of the Culkin bloodline. Like, he's a cousin, at least. Like, what? He looks just like them. His eyes are so sunken. <laughs> You could tell me he's 40 or 18, and I'll believe you. I don't get this kid. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. He was good. He's he's fine in most movies I see him in. I think I liked him in this 
about as well as like 1917 or whatever i didn't see that yeah that one where he's like a dog or whatever that looked really uh, bad so what <laughs> i'll tell you later anyways okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess that scene as fun as it was really goes back to what you were saying about like that's really the first glimpse we get of like just how wrong like i get the feeling that they're these kids are being raised completely wrong but it doesn't really show until we put them in a social situation you know he yeah. he fails at talking to girls earlier but like once he finally interacts with one we see just how disconnected from reality like these kids really are and are growing up to be yeah well and it, there's also an implication of something more fucked up that we didn't see was like that uh uh vigo was forcing them to do this and like their mom was actively trying to liberate them from him like they mom wanted to leave they all wanted to leave um and he was making them do this uh, it's like i guess we didn't we didn't see the resistance on screen right because if we did there's no way we could like them but <laughs> we're to believe it happened right yeah yeah, I guess that is kind of a disconnect, I guess. It's like the only real resistance we see is with the uh, middle son, Rel. Yeah. And, you know, I think his um, trying to distance himself or just like speaking out against how they're being raised is good and valid and all that. But like at the same time man i think that's kind of one of the weaker points of the script is towards the end where he just turns it around and he decides you know what dad i'm on your side again all's good yeah. it's all good uh we had you know a whole lot of it was really good development of him like starting to piece together thoughts of like i don't really want this only to then like kind of shut that off at the end yeah and go for the heartwarming ending instead of like a kind of a conclusion to that uh the feelings that that son's having so yeah and it's also like the stuff they set up with the grandparents trying to get custody and all that it's like do you think that just goes away like because the kids <laughs> snuck on the bus like oh they got away i guess we can't litigate this any further like <laughs> that would only make it worse like they just act like ah. Oh, Whew, that was close. Almost lost custody, but we dodged it. <laughs> as as soon as the kids, like, revealed that they were hiding in the bus, I was like... And then they, like, drive down the road. I'm like, okay, I give it ten minutes before the cops are on their ass. Because lawyers were involved. Like, we gave up custody. Yes. This isn't... Ugh. Um, I speaking You also, of... like, ruined a vindictive man's daughter's funeral. Like, he's yeah. <laughs> fucking nearly shot a you in the head one. with a crossbow. Like, yeah, you're fucked, man. It's over. I really I really thought it was a smart bit of writing when they had him, like, call the police. And instead of, like, a show of power just saying, like, I'm doing it. I'm calling the cops. He, like, calls the cop by name. Hey, is this, is yeah. this Bill? Hey, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's wild. I, I really liked that little bit. I like how the kids really seem to love their grandparents and the grandparents really love the kids like yes. even though they don't like their dad they really do absolutely love all how many were there like 15 kids um they they love them all. <laughs> <laughs> i 
I'm trying to look up real quick the the actress that plays the grandma. Yeah, I really um, liked her. I didn't I didn't recognize her at all. Like, dude, she I, everything I've seen her in, she is so good, and I can never remember her name. Um, what else have you uh, seen her in? I remember her primarily from Handmaid's Tale. Oh, okay, I haven't watched um, that. And Dowd, and Dowd. Okay. Um, Vanessa and I watched something else with her in it that was really good. Um, she she's she's someone that like pops up a lot, you know, like is is rarely the lead or anything. But you're just like, um, oh, she's in this. Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One of those. Um, we I love I love um, actresses like that or actors. Oh, Hereditary, Greg. Hereditary. No fucking way. Yeah, she's, she's Joan. She does she's the Joan. the seance, right? Yes, oh yes, that's her. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, yeah, that's what I knew I'd recently watched her in. <laughs> of course. As soon as you said that, I was like, oh, of course, her. Um, I yeah. see her in the parking lot of that Hobby Lobby or whatever. Um, she, she was great. She had the most uh, organic performance in the movie, I thought. Yeah, I would agree with that. She seems the most grounded of all the characters, for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, and I, I just, I fully bought the emotion of like what it was like for her to see her grandkids again. I, I, she just, she was so like sincerely expressive, both with her like body and her just verbals. I, I, I just bought it. it. It was a standout little moment for me. Yeah. Special shout out to her. That was really good. Um, I did want to give a quick, uh, going back to the the scene where the kids re- reveal themselves to being hidden in the bus um you're telling me that this girl with a neck brace is like laying down in the undercarriage of a school bus is <laughs> <laughs> just like riding along peacefully mm, i don't know <laughs> she climbs out of the bus with crutches and i'm like wait you're in the pit in the underbelly of a school bus <laughs> on the highway yeah. That spinal fracture just became a much bigger issue. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing, too. Like, we saw him damn near get his daughter killed. And all he's done to change is, like, shave his face. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, do we really want this guy to get the kids back at that point? <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, personally not very much um yeah he his redemption was kind of like or his change of heart he like really seemed like he was letting the kids go he was just mm-hmm. it felt pretty quick that he was like all right uh bye kids and then left it, it that felt a little sudden but it didn't seem like he was genuinely like coming to grips with it like of course he's like weeping in the bus after he leaves but like he's gonna go through with it i think and then as soon yeah. as that turns around he doesn't really make any effort to try to take them back to their yeah. grandpa who has probably has legal custody i don't know we didn't see it all the way through so uh, tricky tricky bit of business yeah i'm i'm liking this movie less the more we're talking and, about it yeah i f- i felt bad because i didn't want to come in here and try to like convince you to like it less you know no, and i and i don't i i don't think i'm like telling you like hey denny you need to be a hater and <laughs> i know i know you think for yourself and all that but um yeah no but i'm i'm a little embarrassed i liked it so much <laughs> 
honestly. <laughs> um, I, I I don't think I would have chosen it uh, had I been fully aware of, of uh, how I'd feel about it. Yeah, and that's fine. Um, yeah, this is fitting with the theme, though. Like, you're realizing while watching this that you have grown in certain ways and that you feel differently about uh, stuff from... You know, I don't want to say your youth at 27, but, you know, you're... <laughs> <laughs> the, the tail end of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, harkens back to my childhood days when I was 27. Um, I'm sure we'll feel that way in 20 years or whatever, but you know what I mean. Like, it's yeah, it's only been a few years, but you're able to watch this and, like, recognize growth and changes in your own feelings um, only if, within a few years later. Just when you thought you were done growing. No, no, no. Right. Not so. No. Never ever. Um, yeah, it is weird because I, like, I still think of myself the way I thought of myself back then. But I think so many things I thought were important. Like, <laughs> I saw a TikTok yesterday that I sent to Vanessa where it was like, what are things you cared about in your 20s that you stopped caring about in your 30s? And the response was like, fucking everything. I don't give a <laughs> shit anymore. <laughs> Like, and that's truly where I'm at, uh, looking back now. <laughs> Hell yeah. And some of that's for the better, if we're being honest. But some of it is kind yes. of heartbreaking when you look at, you know, like, for you, you still feel the same way about your toys. You just interact with them differently. Now it's collections and you're not smashing your, you know, wrestling figurines together unless you are. No, totally not. But, yeah. <laughs> 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 maybe he is they're collectibles i swear to god just stop asking questions <laughs> yeah like some stuff i really liked as like a teenager or like even early 20s like i i wish i was still as into them i wish stuff interested me as much as um they did a lot younger or even like just oh, a little bit younger it sucks even even this toy collection that you're talking about i'm like I used to live for this. Like, it, like, gave my life purpose. Ooh. And, like, now I just... I'm like, oh, it's cool. I mean, I like it. It's cool that I have a, a room full of wrestling toys. But I used to, like, live and breathe that shit, you know? Yeah, I get I get the same feeling. I just thought of it. I get the same feeling every Christmas. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I'll speak for myself and just say, like my relationship with my family is still very strong but you know cousins have moved to different states and my mm -hmm. brother's in the military so he's a lot less free you know all the dynamics have changed and like i was i think i realized it last year i was like started really looking at like my niece and nephews just being like christmas at grandma's to me means me as a kid at that age going to yeah. Christmas at my grandparents' house and now I have one grandparent left and now these kids are having Christmas at grandma's at my parents' place and it's just like I'm watching them create the memories that I hold on to like really fondly and it's just like man I don't know how I'm getting all this out of Captain Fantastic but you know it's it's <laughs> Were you just staring into the fireplace having an existential crisis for all of Christmas? No, I was not. Because um, <laughs> that's what it would have given me. <laughs> I was not call me by your naming it, but. 
No, that's when uh, you uh, uh, well stare in the fireplace just... and cry. <laughs> no, it's when you American pie it. It's also call me by your naming it. <laughs> Two very similar films. Uh... Yes. Well, they have one thing in common. I get it, and I'm not going to comment on it. <laughs> um, yeah. Where were we? Captain Fantastic? All right, I'm a little... <laughs> we got a little sidetracked there. Well, I mean, we were talking about how, like, we're coming to realize um, the things we... We're not who we were when we were in our late 20s, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's that's what we're talking about. Um, and this was a movie that belonged more in our late 20s, unless you're Will Reno. Um, <laughs> in that case, it belongs nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I do wish I could go back, because I remember Vanessa and I would, like, we would cry when they were singing Sweet Child of Mine. Um like we were super into it and it's like cringe now you know like i i kind of miss my like uh my righteous indignation uh uh innocence i don't know (laughs) yeah i wish i liked that scene more um (laughs) whatever (laughs) the less said about that scene the better maybe Vanessa and I had a spiritual awakening around the time we saw this movie. Okay. That's fine. That's good. I'm happy you did. It uh it doesn't really stand the test of time. Unfortunately, no. Um Yeah. Damn. I think um we've talked about other movies before that are like a true mark of their time. This is a twenty like we talked about completely different though, like 500 Days of Summer is a very 2009 movie. This is a very 2016 movie, and it's kind of strange to think about it in those terms, given that 2016 was two years ago. Oh, wait a second. It's... (laughs) Fuck! (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Well, and I I really think you got to place it back at that point, because, like, Vanessa and I were losing relationships and friendships over this whole Trump thing um it at that time when like i felt like everything i was seeing shared by everyone i know was like turning point usa and daily caller and breitbart and all this shit to hear a movie just like spouting leftist dogma um was just so refreshing in 2016 Mm mm-hmm you just can't you had to be there man you had to be there and i don't need to be refreshed in those ways now um if anything i'm like okay we get it listen everyone in my entire generation is a socialist but guess what the world's capitalist so it doesn't really make a fucking difference does it (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i i'm glad you bought brought that comparison up because um i really felt uh lack of endearment when ben who was conveniently named here tells rel like ah why don't you debate me on this debate me child oh my god uh, yeah you see where i'm going there uh yes. <laughs> real shen bapiro vibes from that scene <laughs> i wasn't hugely into it so yeah but i understand where you're coming from and i understand like why you endeared yourself to the movie at that time it's like it's super easy to 
remember that and just yeah not everything oh fuck what an awful time everything sucks yeah things are chiller ish now except for like they're not any better yeah um <laughs> everything's more chill <laughs> nothing's better it's just less loud i guess yeah i've i've unfollowed uh enough people that i can live back in a bubble i guess i don't know <laughs> it's peaceful in here leave me alone <laughs> and maybe it's important to key back into the movies that put you in the bubble in the first place i guess yeah I don't know. I don't know, is there's, it? Maybe. <laughs> there's there's not a moral to this story. I used to be more uh more uh, uh edgy and now I'm not and I'm sorry I picked it. We probably could have started off this series with more of a banger. Um uh, maybe robots should have won. I, I do wanna be clear, this is not like a terrible, terrible movie. I would oh. even say it's a good it's a good movie. I, I, I like this movie, it's just um it it makes me confront parts of myself i now consider embarrassing you know (laughs) 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 and we've done that plenty and hey that's important for movies you know and and i would agree like i don't think this is a bad movie by any means i think they're like I, i praise the acting of course i feel like we get so little of viggo mortensen anymore yeah and then David Cronenberg showed up and was like, aha, I've got my guy. Oh, uh, shit, yeah. Like three times or whatever. So <laughs> we're all going to see his... Yeah. Um, David Cronenberg is all of us in that he wants to see Viggo Mortensen's wiener. So mm. um, mm, I relate to the Crone guy. <laughs> what am I talking about? <laughs> it's... I was just going on a Viggo... Um, sidebar there I guess just feel like we just got done with Lord of the Rings and it's like we didn't really see him much immediately after that like the biggest movie franchise like until that point like in terms of like critical success financial success like how does the star of the show one of the stars of the show not you know just rebound into his own Marvel series or whatever I, I gotta think it's because he's like I think I gotta think why he took this movie is he's a real life like Noam Chomsky head like loves this kind of ideology that's expressed in this movie and I would imagine that that ideology leads you to not really being super into being a celebrity you know <laughs> like I yeah. think I, I get the vibe that he like likes to act in projects he's really passionate about and doesn't feel the need to do it if he's not super excited about it that's the vibe i get at least yeah he comes off and maybe it's just because of a lot of the roles he takes but he comes off really introverted so i guess like yeah the spotlight isn't really what he's after he he likes making the art he makes and also showing his penis on camera so it's like um those two are unrelated uh i don't know i i enjoy actors like that it just means i get to see them less but you know yeah people being picky about what they do is yeah important i think yeah sidebar to the sidebar did you see vigo in uh uh crimes of the future i haven't seen crimes of the future yet do we do we see it oh it's good it's good no do we see the the penis i know the penis is good 
I actually don't remember if we see the penis. I know he is naked as a character quite often in the movie, but I don't remember if we see penis or not, to be honest. Yeah, I'm interested to see it. It's one of the 2022 movies that I'm like, I'm like, I'm trying to get around to this one. Trust me, like I promise I'll watch it. It just hasn't happened yet. That's there's a lot of those, and I'm the ones that I do get around to. I'm having an absolute blast with. So. <laughs> We, um, we should find a reason to do it on the show because I think it's like a perfect balance of our taste in the sense that it's hmm. got like it's got some really weird sci-fi for me and like this like uh, depressing almost cyberpunk but not really cyberpunk cityscape. It's got all those vibes I like, but it's a very uh, slow philosophical character focused drama. Um, so I feel like it's got it's got something for both of us. We we should find a way to work it in. The best of both worlds. Both worlds. Uh, <laughs> there we go. It's what we call a Hannah Montana Miley Cyrus movie. <laughs> Cronenberg just putting on his blonde wig to direct them. <laughs> oh, I'm into it. <laughs> if that doesn't get me hyped, what will? Uh, <laughs> all right um i feel like we haven't talked about too much of the movie itself just like how it made it feel and what it made us think about um yeah I, we've done some some discussion i want like i want to give more praise to like the positives of the movie i feel like yeah we're let's just do that we're discussing a lot of the negatives and it's leading us down like these conversations that i think are important to have and you know I, I, but I want to say, like, I want to ask, like, what are the good things that even today you're still like, oh, no, this still, I still got a really good feeling from this. I still am endeared to this, that, and whatever. Like, what are some of the positive aspects of the movie that make you really, like, emotionally reconnect to something you loved? Man, I think, uh, I think there's a, when they're not, like, quoting books um and, and proving how smart they are Oof. Oof. I, I think that i think that there's a sincerity in the dynamics with the family um that that really uh makes me believe in love i guess um mm -hmm. i don't know like i i can really feel their connection to each other um and also just like as someone who has spent times in life in these very insular isolated communities uh nothing quite to this extreme um, but, uh, I, I get the bond, you know, like I, I get how bonded I felt to those people who were in my life at that time. Mm -hmm. Even, even ones I didn't like very much, I'd feel just connected to because they were like part of my world in such an intimate way. And so I think that's something this movie makes me miss. Um, the, uh, their clothes at the funeral make me, uh, miss all the Wes Anderson movies that I'm not watching. Um, <laughs> that's a positive thing they remind me of i just don't have <laughs> i just don't always have the energy for him i don't know yeah. <laughs> do i really want two hours of your thing i don't know <laughs> just keep it to one scene i'm gonna watch captain fantastic <laughs> there you go <laughs> um no and I don't know, man. It was it was fun to be a college kid who was preoccupied with what I knew about how the system fails. You know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like 
it was fun to to have that energy where i thought i was like on the cutting edge of knowledge being like a socialism is good um you probably haven't ever had such a controversial thought like i have um it was it was it was a it was just a fun place to be you know it was a fun place to be a place i would never go back to but uh i just remember being so fucking sure i was right about everything and i miss that sense of certainty Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's what this movie reminds me of i guess Missing a sense of certainty. I like it, yeah. Um, I think one of the things you mentioned that made me... Like, something I really liked about the movie, you mentioned, like, the connection with the family. And it just seems like their bond is sincere. I think they yeah. do... I think part of it goes back to the performances, like I talked about. I feel like there wasn't always enough fleshing out of, like... Like, I would have liked to see more conversations between just the kids, like, different groups of just the kids. But I feel like we got a decent amount. And, like, my instinct when there was, like, conflict arising, like, my instinct was, like, oh, I know they're going to have each other's backs. Like, I don't even even have to think twice, like, is this kid going to hate it? Like, no, they're going to support their siblings. And Big time. Yeah, that, that felt really good just knowing that, like... However, I felt about the family. They did all have each other's back at the end of the day. It was most definitely. It was really cool, and yeah, I already mentioned like the relationship with grandma and grandpa and all that. So there's a lot of love there. I just I don't know. Makes me sad that there's not a lot of love between Ben and um, Grandpa. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I hate Grandpa so much in this movie. <laughs> I like him with the kids, but that's about it. That's how people like him are like in real life. As long as they have oh. someone with no sense of self um, that can't resist them in any way and likes them if they give them things, they are oh, a no. treat to be around. But oh, if you have right. any sense of you're a human, uh, you know, if you're over the age of 13, they're a nightmare. No, you're right. I hadn't thought about it like that, and I honestly should have. Um all this just goes to show, like, I had a good upbringing with loving yeah. family members. This guy's fucking parents loved him. He's a fucking, <laughs> fucking freak over here. <laughs> my parents had good relationships with their parents, too. Oh, my God. What a loser. <laughs> Do you feel left out when everybody's breaking generational curses and you're just like, oh, that happened in my family generations ago. We're fine. I just I just keep these threads going. No. I don't, left out. No. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I wish I could have been traumatized by something cool like that. Uh, no, definitely not. You get a toy room. <laughs> <laughs> I have kind of one. Well, I got a sort of one. There's toys yeah, in you here. Have a, you have a. You have a. a you, I feel like it's it's a, a a Greg room. It's it's very Greg. Yes, this is me just continuing what I was already doing. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. I had I had something else. I I can't remember. Um, shoot. Uh, yeah. One thing I wish was uh, maybe just like a little bit more fleshed out was. I I did like the. Um, portrayal of Viggo Mortensen's grief about losing his wife how he like a couple times he like half asleep will like wake up and see her like right in front yeah. of his face and I think those scenes are really good It it's all very 
it's not like they're sitting across the table and having a conversation it's like it's really focused on like the sensory aspects of like the sound of her voice the feeling of her hair on his face i thought those scenes were really um really well done yeah i kind of wish maybe like we had built up a little bit more before the conversation he has with his kids about like it's my fault she's dead basically like i brought her out here i thought it was going to fix her and now this has happened i realize now she like couldn't be fixed or whatever and Mm -hmm. i feel like there wasn't enough discussion of either that guilt or that um, process of realization but it was good and i i thought his grief was pretty well portrayed no, I did too, and I think he has it in his contract that he gets to do what's called uh, an Arwen scene um, in <laughs> one of every every one of his movies. Um, no, those scenes were really good. Uh, they felt very ethereal. Um, another scene that I felt like kind of captured the rawness of that was uh, the scene where they're all playing music together and they just start like letting out these cries. Um, what do you think of that scene? I dug it. It was very homeschooled. Very, very homeschooled. Um, those scenes never work for me. It's not the movie's fault. It's just, I'm never going to be on board with... Um, it, it's probably why I don't like acapella or musical theater kids. Or... <laughs> I don't Watch know. Watch it. Watch it easy. <laughs> know your audience and your co-host. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. It was less cringy than i expected that that first time they're all singing together i guess mm-hmm. so okay <laughs> sorry <I'm... laughs> this got a not good response from greg uh, <laughs> yeah but tell me tell me more about why you liked their kind of um spiritual releasing of energy and that kind of thing um, one, I think we'd be better off if we did stuff like that together as a people. Like, um, that's, it's like in our, in our genes to need to do stuff like that. Um, I feel like we don't let out like guttural emotions enough, especially around other people. Um, I never two will. Is like... <laughs> Everything's in my, I'm in my own head constantly. I will never express loudly around people. It's just, if only I, you could afford therapy. If only I could afford <laughs> therapy. Yeah, no, the, you're good. You don't need my. Uh, I haven't met my quarters and cushions ratio in a while, so <laughs> a little bit behind. But also, it, it like that was a moment in the movie where I was like, I kept being like, "Why would anyone be okay with this?" As they're showing them like running and killing their own food and eating deer hearts and stuff like that. Um, and I got to see the family have fun together. Um, I got to see what they liked about being out there. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I thought it, it earned some significant buy-in in the story. Yeah, and it also paid off later with a well-earned joke about, like, so how did you kill that chicken? <laughs> when they're <Yeah>. served <laughs> chicken at the cousin's house. That was awesome. That dinner is fun. That dinner was fun uncomfortable family dinner scenes are usually my kryptonite but uh i was actually having a good time with that that one had like enough of a cartoonish element to it i think to prevent the secondhand embarrassment yeah um 
Take notes, Greta Gerwig. Uh, <laughs> not saying it has to be that way. I'm kidding. Um, but but yeah, I can't I, believe you just gave notes to Greta fucking Gerwig. I, I know. I told her to take notes. I'm not giving her anything. You, uh, arrogant, you arrogant bastard. Francis Francis Haw should have been more cartoony. Yeah, no, no, that's not a note she should take. <laughs> can't fucking wait for barbie oh my god i'm unironically awesome dude unironically extremely excited for that movie yes same dog same um what were we on about just give those kids wine yeah the dinner scene i don't know man i don't really feel like i have more significant thoughts on this do you not really um it does feel like one of many in a sequence of different characters getting different perspectives on like how the real world works in yeah. a sense. Um, you know, we get it with um uh, especially the dinner scene. What's the name? Bo? Is that the oldest kid? Yeah. Bo. Yeah, we get it with Bo and all his interactions with the ladies and you know, some of the younger kids in their interaction with like other adults Mm -hmm. um the two older daughters i feel like they don't really have a scene where they're like confronted with what with how their lifestyle is perceived as weird to the rest of the world yeah they were the least fleshed out of the kids which sucks because i feel like there would have been you know maybe something pretty strong there with the fact that they're like the two you know female redheads and their mom was a redhead Mm -hmm. and i feel like there would have been like that kind of connection at least that they like look like their mom there could have been like a really strong emotional bond between the two of them and their dad um Mm -hmm. but yeah they they did feel pretty under fleshed out but i still liked them so (laughs) yeah no they were cool they had kind eyes i would say Mm mm-hmm yeah (laughs) As they, I felt bad as those kind eyes fell off the roof and slammed into a car. Uh, <laughs> that was so brutal it almost gets a laugh. <laughs> like, cuckoo, cuckoo. It's just rebounding off the fucking roof tiles. It felt real, dude. It's just like, oh, do I laugh or do I gasp? Like, oh, it oh, felt really real. <laughs> Someone did this for real. <laughs> it's that, like, if it were a vine, it would be the funniest thing I'd seen in my life. <laughs> but when you have to, like, see the consequences of what just happened, it's not as funny. <laughs> this movie would have worked better on Vine. Uh, <laughs> would have at what least been funny. What a great way to say you would have liked a movie more if it was only six seconds long. Captain, Captain, Captain Vintastic, if I may. <laughs> Um, damn, dude. Uh, I've stretched myself out, man. I'm all out of notes. You got anything dude, else? No, I'm good. Let's get into gimmicks. Whew, sounds good. Well, a new series can only mean one thing. It means we have a brand new gimmick of the week. Gimmick of the week? Gimmick of the week. Denny, this <clears throat> was uh, primarily your theme and also your movie pick. What is the gimmick of the week? For this series. Uh, this this week's gimmick is 
moment of mindfulness. Uh, for those who don't know, therapy used to be about understanding your thoughts and what they really mean to you. Therapy's not about that anymore. It's about mindfulness, uh, being able to be present in the experience of the moment without judgment. Um, so we are looking for moments in these movies that allow us to just be present for an experience. Greg, what do you have for your moment of mindfulness? Um, well, I haven't heard therapy described like that. That's wow. So my moment of mindfulness is more on that later, I guess. Yeah. My, my moment of mindfulness is the kids being completely overstimulated by the video games the, their cousins yeah. are playing. <laughs> Just the true dichotomy of like kids that grew up in a treehouse versus kids that grew up playing Xbox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. They would like start worshiping that thing and fear it i feel like if you just <laughs> plopped them down and showed it to them it'd be like, our, it's god our new god zangief i think they're <laughs> street fighter or something uh <laughs> i thought it looked like a uh, tekken but i wasn't sure yeah i wasn't i thought it was street fighter 4 but i'm not 100 percent um I, I don't know what about you denny what's your moment of mindfulness um it was the embrace of the contradiction on noam chomsky day when uh Vigo is just spraying whipped cream into his mouth uh, after railing against uh, how none of that's food and we don't need anything that's not purposeful or efficient. Um, and to see him embrace that contradiction and just go a little bit crazy, it's the only time it happens in the whole movie. And uh, mm -hmm. that that just made me want to be present for more moments. You know, when you whenever you wonder, should I spray the whipped cream in my mouth or not, always spray it because you don't know how much time you've got left. That's right. Yeah, I, I I felt the same way about that part. That was I was like, yeah, all right. You can you can have you can have some. You know. Yeah. <laughs> allow yeah. you allow yourself to break your own rules every once in a while. Um, maybe don't rob a grocery store to do it, but you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Denny, what is your favorite line from Captain Fantastic? Oh man, this one gets me in the sentimentals. Um, my favorite. <laughs> Where are those located, anyway? <laughs> In the uh, scrotissimus region. Um, Sentimentalism. My, my face is mine, my hands are mine, my mouth is mine, but I'm not. I'm yours. That was a good line. Uh, Runner-up to... Uh, let's see, what was the one I put a runner-up I, I knew. First of all, I knew you were going to pick that one. Aw, how'd you know? I heard the line and I know you. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, that's you it. were uh, <laughs> intimately acquainted with my sentimentals um <laughs> so to speak. my 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 runner-up is well maybe one of you should have shot the fucking sheep i don't know why but i love the delivery of that line <laughs> oh my god i i love it it is a good delivery and the fact that he makes eye contact with the person who should have shot the fucking sheep yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not naming names Bozethany or whatever her name is they all have unique <laughs> names <laughs> i can't i can't remember all these fake names come on give me a break uh, all right my turn i guess yeah Yes, sir. My favorite line is dad's kind of breaking the news that we can't go to mom's funeral. Um, 
Grandpa says that I'll be arrested if we go. And in the kind of in the middle of that speech, my quote is, we have to shut up and accept it. Well, fuck that. And they go yeah. to Monster Funeral. I, lo- I liked that a lot. That was some good fighting spirit, yeah. Mm-hmm. Rally, yeah, it really rallied the troops, rallied the kids, rallied yeah. my emotions. So, yeah. also good delivery. Same, dog. Cool, cool. Um, what is your Critiker score, Greg? Uh, my Critiker score for this one on a scale of 40, I do not land on the same side of the fence as Will Reno, and I do not land on the more positive side as Denny. I am smack dab in the middle I gave this one a 20 out of 40. Nice. Very nice. Um, I'm a little embarrassed to admit my original score, but I'm going to. By all means. It had already been lowered, but um, I originally scored this a 47 out of 50. Ooh, damn. (laughs) Uh, It is currently a 37, which is uh, uh, kind of an average score for me. On the good side of average, I would say. Okay. No, like... Don't you shouldn't feel embarrassed about a movie you love ranking very high. So you can, I'm embarrassed we, about it being a movie I loved. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. I take it back. You should be embarrassed. Uh, <laughs> all right. I think we've successfully therapized, therapsized. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Therapsticold. Um. Yeah, that's Captain Fantastic. Thanks for joining us, everybody. But not before. We're not out of here before we say what we're doing next week, Denny. Yeah, I'm excited to hear your pick, sir. My pick, I went in a completely different direction. Uh, I'm not a therapist, nor have I been to therapy. So I was really asking specific questions to Denny, like, how do I interpret this theme? What do I pick? What do I do? Um My interpretation of this theme is basically like, if you can't afford therapy, what's, or like, you know, maybe you just don't have an appointment that day, whatever, whatever. You you need to watch a story where um, things get people down and people are just real, uh, I don't know. It's therapy for you to watch the movie. Not necessarily just like a feel good movie, but a movie where yes. like a character that you can endear yourself to um, either causes good change in others or in themselves and grow as people or help others grow as people. And sometimes that character is a bear with a little hat and a coat on. So I completely forgot. So my pick for movies for when you can't afford therapy and we're covering it next week is Paddington two Paddington two. Um, Ariel get the uh, tissues ready. So, (laughs) It's going to be a weepy one. Um, I kind of want to have Ariel on the show for Paddington 2. Yeah, people will love the audio of a woman crying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I I made the pick, and like I think I teased this at the beginning. Um, yeah, this is a hard-to-find movie. The first one is on Netflix, and for a while there... Paddington 1 and 2 were on both Netflix and HBO Max. Now Paddington 1 is on Netflix, and Paddington 2 is almost nowhere to be found. 
if if you go to Amazon Video, it says it's not available in your region, and I'm like, I'm sorry. You mean America? Is this a Brits only feature now? <laughs> hate it, hate that, but I think we can like do a rental on like YouTube or Apple TV or something like that. There's there's ways to get it. It's not out of reach completely. Should just buy the right. <laughs> two pack Blu-ray box set. Honestly. <laughs> I might be doing that because I'm definitely using this as an excuse to watch Paddington One. I'm I've heard these movies are really good and I'm excited, man. Ooh, you haven't seen either. Oh, I haven't seen either of them, man. Well, more on that next week. Stay tuned to hear what Denny thinks about uh two good movies. Yeah, and he'll skip therapy that week because it's such a damn good pick. All right, everybody. <laughs> I don't do so well when I skip therapy, Greg. I already tried the uh, movies in No Treatment, and it only got me so far. Well, that's because you're watching Crimes of the Future and not Paddington, Denny. <laughs> <laughs> you dumb idiot. All right. <laughs> Dipshit. <laughs> How does that make you feel? Uh <laughs> All right. I think we're done here, Denny. So um, I got one question for you. What's that, Greg? How does the uh, catchphrase make you feel? <sighs> catchphrase is not a feeling. Um, I say the catchphrase when I feel excited, happy, and ready to put this baby to bed. For Greg Work, the legwork Johnson, I'm Denny the Talent Taylor, and this has been Movies for When! We already told you when, but you know what we didn't tell you? What's my cage again? I'm a policeman. See my badge?
Stay.